Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Reading to Kids podcast with, honestly, your whole name's on there. It says Peyton Jane. We keep saying Peyton. Should we just change it to Peyton or should we keep it Peyton Jane or should we start saying Peyton Jane? I don't know know either. Her name's Peyton Jane, but we call her Peyton or Pepe or Pepe or Poopy Pepe Pepe. (laughs) Reading to Kids podcast with Pepe and Jenna. You have to stop this secret series by Pseudonymous Bosch. Book number five. Chapter 27, Pawns. Three coins. That was all the money that they had left after purchasing purchasing one small soda for the three of them to share. To make matters worth worse, there were ancient coins. They were ancient coins no longer legal to tender anywhere in the world, let alone let alone in Vegas. On the bright side, The coins were gold and worth a fortune. How to turn them into cash? There was the rub. A pawn shop. It came to Max Ernest in a flash. He'd never been to one and he wasn't sure he'd ever seen one, but he'd read about them in detective novels. You mean like in the movies where the criminals sell off the the goods and the police come looking for them at the pawn shop that bought them? Asked Yoyuji. Right. It's called fencing. Max, Max Ernest said knowledgeably, only this time we're the criminals. Great idea, said Cass. I've been in lots of pawn shops. Her friends looked at her in surprise. My grandfather's have antique stores, remember? Cass stepped up the, stepped up the pace. I bet Vegas has a bunch of pawn shops. All these people going broke. She gestured dain- oh, that's true. disdainfully to the crowds of tourists and gamblers around them. I didn't think about that. Duh. They were walking down the famous Las Vegas Strip, which was a bit like walking through an atlas come to life with cartoon versions of Paris, Venice, and New York right next to them and right next to one another. Not to mention high roller coasters, white tigers, wave machines, a life-size pirate's galleon, and all-you-can-eat prime rib for less than $5, all lit up by enough light bulbs to serve seven continents. Do you think that we should go to the direction of the Eiffel Tower or the Statue of Liberty, asked Max Ernest. I think we should get off the street, said Cass. When you're walking down the strip, it's easy to think Las Vegas is all flashy casinos, fancy hotels, and oversized carnival rides. But it's only a short dis- but only a short distance away, it's possible to find a very different sort of place. On the block where they found themselves, drunks were laying on the sidewalk, uncollected garbage spilled out of cans. The buildings looked old and uncared for. Are we sure this is the place best place to look, said Max Ernest, by the sound of it was way far from shore. I've spent half of my life going to pawn shops with my grandfather's. This is exactly the right kind of place, said Cass. Still, she seemed a little nervous as she looked down the block. Suddenly, she smiled and shook her head. Look, look who's here, she pointed to a man leaning against the store store window several feet away. He looked like a bum or a hobo, and he was wearing a familiar stained fisherman fisherman's hat with a pigeon feather stuck in it. Yep. Owen, when did you get here? Yep. Cass stepped up 
to the hobo, grinning wide. This time, finally, she had recognized him before he revealed himself. You can stand up now and start pretending. We found you. The hobo looked at her. My name is Mark, not that it's any of your business. The kids came more closely. Oops, there was no resemblance to one. Cass's ears reddened in embarrassment. Oh, sh- sorry. I thought I recognized your hat. This hat is mine. I stole it fair and square. You go steal your own. Cass nodded and hurried along. She was surprised at how disappointed she was. It had been comforting to think that Owen had come to Vegas in disguise to look after them, as he had so many times before. Alas, they had nobody but themselves. The first three pawn traps they tried were a bust, which was, which, which is a colloquial of way of saying that the pawn shop owners refused to give, refused to give Cass money for her coins. The first two assumed that the coins were fake. The third assumed that they were stolen. Nobody believed that Cass inherited them. Luckily, there were more pawn shops in Las Vegas than there were gas stations, and luckily too, there are much stranger things in Las Vegas than three children trying to sell a rare gold coin. Not but not the third time, but the fourth time was a charm. The the poor man's rich in love wedding chapel pawn shop oh gosh, that's a that's a mouthful. Was a two for one business topped with a neon neon old neon sign. Every time the neon sign blinked, a heart would light up and a nineteen fifty style jitterbugging couple would kiss beneath. The glass storefront was covered with so many plaques and posters that it couldn't that you couldn't see inside. Trade your watch for a wedding ring. Time flies when you're married. Something borrowed, something blue, something you need for your wedding is here. Turn in your wedding presents into cash as soon as you get them. It's no gamble when you bet in lo- on love. Get married in minutes or your money back. No waiting ever. Free divorce coupon with every marriage certificate. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a loud buzzer sounded when they walked into the pawn shop. The store was crowded with everything from rifles to saxophones to old jukeboxes playing songs that seemed to be about old jukeboxes. Through an open door, they could see the back room, a makeshift wedding tra- castle decorated with plastic flowers and a pair of fake lovebirds in a dusty cage. A sweaty man in purple robe and a black I know square what hat. Are. Hmm? I know what lovebirds are. Yeah. The yellow and orange. Mm-hmm. They could see the background of flowers, fake lovebirds, and dusty cages. A sweaty man in a purple robe and a black square hat walked out and gave the three kids a cursory glance. A name tag on his chest read, Pablo, the pawnbroker's priest. A little young to get married, aren't we? Well, I ain't prejudiced. As long as you got a note from your parents, he winked. Now, which of you boys a lucky guy? Neither, said Max Ernest quickly, his face turning red. That's not why we're here, said Yo-Yoji whose face was turning a matching color. Yeah, as if I would ever marry either one of them, said Cass, with as much sarcasm as she could muster. She wouldn't have admitted it, but she could just... But she was just the tiniest bit hurt when the alacrity with her friends denied that they were marrying her. Max Ernest studied the pawnbroker's priest. Hey, isn't that a graduation robe? And that too? That class had just ordered the graduation outfit, so so he was well aware of what it looked like. So, the last priest came in here, and he had a winning streak, and he bought the whole outfit. This is the only robe I got. Now, what can I do for you? Cast reached into her back po- pocket, pulling out three gold coins. The pawnbroker priest laughed when he saw the coins. Where did you get these? Up from some pirate show down the strip? He screwed up his face like a growling pirate. Arg, matey. 
No, it's real gold, I swear, said Cass. Is that right? May I? He took the coins from her and felt the weight. They feel real, I'll give you that. He looked at them under a small magnifying glass. Very high quality workmanship. You don't see counterfeit coins as good as these very often. The pawnbroker priest took a porcelain tile from the shelf. Not much of a touchstone, but it usually works. He rubbed the three coins on a tile to see what kind of mark it made. Huh, he said noncommittally. He tried to scratch the window with the coin. There was no scratch. Huh, he said. Is that good or is that supposed to scratch, said Max Ernest. He didn't answer, but the kids could tell he was impressed. Finally, he reached under the counter and pulled out a magnet pulled the magnet off of a refrigerator when he held the magnet over to the coin. The coin didn't move. Huh, he said once more. He bent down over the counter and studied Cass and her friends as closely as he had the coins. Finally, he placed the coins carefully back on a square of cloth in the center of the counter and offered his verdict. All right, so maybe these coins are gold. The three tried not to react, but the pawnbroker priest bristled at the slightest, stirred, attuned as as he was the smallest as the smallest detail of any transaction maybe that doesn't mean they're really 500 years old and if they are they're obviously not yours they've got to be hot or fake or both but i like you guys so i'll take them also three coins it's a lucky it's a good luck for pawnbroker he pointed to the design at the store window it was the same design that they'd seen on the stores what they thought they were doing what were three gold berries hanging from a branch were actually three gold coins the ancient symbol of a pawn shop. Huh. I've only got enough cash for one coin, but I can give you guys a check for the other. They shook their heads. Check wasn't any good to them. After ten minutes of haggling, during which the kids tried to unsuccessfully get him to take to give them more money, the pawnbroker priest took one coin and gave them an approximately equal to one tenth of its true value, which, as it turned out, was quite a lot of cash. You want a big bag for that? Asked the man. As Cass tried unsuccessfully to stuff the money into her backpack, no, it's fine, she said, as a hundred-dollar bill floated to the ground, crumpling and rippling beneath her feet. The man just shook his head, reaching for the counter, and grabbed a small Ziploc bag, snack-sized. Cass looked at the bag from the pile from the piles of bills. The man sighed and shook his head again. Painful as it was to part with that nice green cash and pulled out a larger bag, the quart size. Max Ernest gestured with his hands full of green. All right, all right. The pawnbroker priest pulled out a gallon size on the house. Now get out of here before I change my mind and call the cops or your parents. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see here. Yeah. Okay. Well, it looks like we're going to be finishing this book today and we can start the next one. Okay. So it kind of is last no, the next book that we got, we just went to the library. So we decided, because we spent a lot of money on books, you guys. So we decided, we're like, okay, we're going to go to the library and we're going to rent a book. And if we like it, then we'll buy it. But we're probably going to do like a mix of buying and renting, huh? And there were a lot of um, interesting people there. Yeah, I know. Honestly, a lot of the people at the uh, library here in our town were like, I don't know, homeless. Why do, why, why do they allow homeless people who are clearly look like not good people sit in front of a place where children are supposed to be. I don't know that I will never forget, but or never understand, but here's the deal. No, don't say it just in case it's inappropriate. Okay. But they're scary. But at school, somebody said, um, it was red ribbon day. Oh, yep. So we'll give you a hint. They do not 
participate in Red Ribbon Week. That's the hint we're giving you. Okay, so if you guys want, the next book that we're going to read is by Lisa Thompson, and it's called The Graveyard Riddle. Um, it's another big book. Let's and see here. It's about a girl that went on a walk with her dog, and then she stumbles upon a big building. Yep. And then she sees a little boy. Mm-hmm, and the little boy said he's a spy, and that's all we're going to tell you. But we didn't read the whole book. No, but if you guys want to, you can order the book on Amazon. You can go to your local library. Again, it's by Lisa Thompson, and it's called The Graveyard Riddle. And it looked like it had really great reviews, so hopefully it's wonderful. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Anyways, we're going to try and finish. Um, you have to stop reading this today. It's only We only got like 100 pa- have got like 100 pages left, Peyton. Oh, so we're going to finish it today. And then we're going to start The Graveyard Riddle tomorrow. Happy Friday, you guys.